A big Friday GM to everyone. It's Leviathan News, and it is October 13th. And we just got a special guest who just dropped in, Iron Boots from Camelot. This is our winner, winner, chicken dinner of the Arbitrum Grant. Congratulations. Hello, sir. Can, can you hear me? Yeah, we can. Okay. I feel very unprepared for this, but <laughs> I'm sure I've been talking about this stuff nonstop, so... Hopefully, I already have the answers. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. You guys topped the list with 201 million ARB votes right at the top, beating out uh, Jones Dow, Dopex, and GMX for the number one spot. It's a nice number. Yeah, it's uh, no, it's great. Like, I think, you know, we, we never want to, you know, pat ourselves on the back too much, but considering. I think like when we when I actually try and take a step back and think about kind of where this started, it you know I'm not often uh, impressed by DAOs, <laughs> but but I do have to kind of you know give credit where credit's due and seeing Arbitrum DAO. I mean, if we like if you look at what happened with AIP one, right, that was like objectively a bit of a disaster for everybody, and kind of set the tone um, quite precariously for everybody involved, right, and everybody was a bit concerned to do anything after that point so to kind of see something really be built from ground zero um especially at like arbitrum scale um yeah it gives me a lot of hope like it has definitely been quite exciting to watch and yeah by no means perfect but but yeah genuinely quite impressed and happy to see kind of everybody get involved and see it cross the line can you talk about camelot's history on arbitrum because you know, to top the list and really be the, I guess, premier protocol on Arbitrum now, uh, it must have been a, a long and winding road to, to get to the top. Yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, we, we officially launched, um, like the token launch was back in, you know, November, December of last year. Um, but I think, you know, even before that, um, it was it was really you know driven by the kind of philosophy of there's such a gaping hole in the dex market right like it's very clear that every new chain that launches has a native dex like it just makes sense you know it's 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 just geography right like you have a stock exchange for each new country it just makes sense that there's going to be an, a native dex for each new l1 each new l2 um but you know the market was very very spread apart because most of these native dexes were just very short term um, like solidly forks or just sushi forks. And in our opinion, or my opinion, they didn't really capture the potential of what it meant to be a native ecosystem DEX. And I think, you know, we, we kind of saw this way back when, and that was, like I say, kind of the driving vision um, of making the native DEX like an actual ecosystem hub, right? It's, it's just kind of the concept of like, most people come to a chain to, to buy and sell tokens of that chain. And therefore, a native DEX is like just naturally a great fit for like an ecosystem hub, right? Um, and whether that's, you know, all of the different pub DEXs or all of the different GLP protocols, like it just makes sense that you can kind of aggregate those in one place. Um, so, yeah, I'd say that was the goal. And we, you know, the, the tech I think is there. Um, I won't go into too much detail, but, you know, it definitely wasn't just a fork and the devs really did an amazing job of, of, of not reinventing the wheel, but just building something that, that really fits a need, really fits the market. Um, and I think our, our goal all along was if we can genuinely support builders, then we can get 
you know, the tokens that people want to trade on Camelot. And if you have the tokens that people want to trade, then, you know, you've, you're going to find your market fit because people keep coming back. Um, and you don't succeed by just trying to compete with Uniswap on day one, but you really build up kind of your community, your ecosystem around you. Um, and yeah, you know, and I, I think also there's a lot to say about just genuinely trying to be like a good actor and just like actually trying to put effort into long-term relationships. Um, and that was what we did to, in, to, to begin with, you know, like all of the initial round table stuff, we, we came to Arbitrum very fresh and without knowing really anybody. Um, and straight away, we, we wanted to kind of give ownership of Grail and the token to like the big players. And, you know, we were just fortunate that, that, you know, people like Jones and Umami, like all of these guys actually kind of supported us from that point. Um, but yeah, I would say that's kind of just been building up throughout the year. And, you know, I think we've just been super focused on supporting the ecosystem. And yeah, luckily that's kind of paid off um, when you want it to. You walk through the details of the proposal for those who aren't well versed in it. Sure. So we were requesting uh, 3.09 million uh, Arbitrum tokens. Um, and yeah, so I guess part of this is also part of a pitch of Camelot in, in general. Um, but if you look at kind of the distribution we have in the proposal, it really is just defined by us as a team and a protocol. Um, and we've really spent the year trying to bring in new protocols to the chain. Um, you know, and a lot of people kind of don't fully remember this stuff because everybody has a memory span of like one week in DeFi. Um, but you know, when like Pendle came to the chain for the first time, you know, we helped them bridge across. We even had some Cosmos teams that came to, to Arbitrum. Um, guys like Tales, uh, Liquidy, LS, LUSD was first on Camelot. Um, like a few phantom guys. So I think throughout the whole year, like we've just, we basically tried to be like the BD for Arbitrum. Um, and like naturally we've done this with all of our own resources. So the proposal itself was an extension of that, basically saying like, look, we can grow the whole pie of Arbitrum um, by incentivizing these builders. So first of all, we're going to incentivize like the ecosystem partners um, because again, like that, that is Camelot, like all of the pools on Camelot, you know, you have guys like Winner, Lodestar, um, I mean, too many to list, but that's who we kind of want to focus these incentives on. Um, and then, you know, we also have the core pairs, but yeah, like I say, most importantly, it's really just about bringing more builders in and incentivizing the ones so far. Um, and I'd say the, you know, without going again into the technical details, the biggest difference with how we structure liquidity is, um, you know, we don't, we don't have gauges and, and we're quite manual but that's for a very deliberate reason because you know no pool is the same and we really put a lot a lot of effort with partners to basically say like you know what what does your liquidity profile look like and how can we basically help you optimize that right so for some for some partners a v2 pool which you know a lot of people would say v2 is super inefficient um maybe it's actually the best choice for a lot of small long tail volatile volatile tokens maybe for other partners you know they really want a super efficient v3 pool um, so I think that's the whole premise of the proposal where it's like, look, efficiency is a bit of a meme to a certain extent. And when you are kind of trying to be the ecosystem decks, it's just truly about, you know, focusing on what your partners need and then hoping that that brings a lot more partners into the ecosystem as well. Yeah, I think it's a really important part, point about like the differences between, uh, you know, the UniV2 pools or like the, you know, differences in the type of pools that you're setting up. because. 
there's different types of markets that you're trying to capture and not everybody fits in the same one. And uh, so that's interesting. Can you talk about the, the KPIs that you guys have introduced in this as well too? Because I know that there are some, uh, you have a minimum of 1.87 million ARB that's going to be spent. And then that can be pushed up to 3.09 million based on the KPIs that you added to the grant. Sure. So yeah, basically like the reason we did that was because because again, like, you know, we, we have a pretty good idea of how we can allocate incentives. Um, we have a lot of pools, a lot of different like mechanisms to distribute tokens. So we know we can, you know, spread them um, pretty effectively. But I think again, for us, it's just like, you don't really know until you do it, right? And, and some protocols, some DEXs kind of, they just set emissions at a certain rate and then, you know, fingers crossed. Whereas for us, we just wanted to be quite transparent about it. And uh, and that's that's why you have the range. Um, because if a pool is underperforming, then, you know, just because we got the incentives um, for free, uh, doesn't mean we're just gonna spend them like unnecessarily. So that's why we have the range. Um, you know, in a good scenario that everything performs and hits its KPIs. And obviously the main KPIs are gonna be uh, fees, TVL, volume growth. But again, like, that kind of comes back to the the relatively holistic approach you have to take with an ecosystem dex right because and we saw this come up quite a lot with our first proposal a couple of months ago and obviously this proposal where you know a lot of people just want to say um you need this pool is this efficient that pool is less efficient therefore it's better or worse but but like i say like that that metric alone really doesn't mean much um because you could have a stable swap pool that on paper is super efficient and then you could have a pro protocol partner pool that is really inefficient, but maybe they're a brand new team. You've helped them come into the ecosystem, et cetera, et cetera, right? So like, we're kind of really against just having like one metric to determine if something's good or not. Um, so that's why I think like, we're gonna have all of the objective metrics, like I say, like fees, et cetera. But at the same time, like with the context that efficiency like isn't the only thing and you know, if you've managed to bring in five, 10 amazing builders into the ecosystem, you know, it is quite hard to quantify that. Um, so yeah, that's what we tried to at least uh, achieve with how we wrote the, the KPI part. Um, because yeah, like, it, you know, there is no metric which you can value bringing, you know, like somebody from mainnet to Arbitrum like through incentivizing the liquidity, right? So it does require a bit of, um, trust to a certain extent right um but yeah also we we didn't we didn't just want to tick the box of efficiency and and just create volume for for the sake of volume so yesterday we talked about uh some of the losers which included like uh lido uh, my own protocol of curve um, if you're running biz dev for any of these teams what would you advise how would you advise us for a hypothetical arbitrum grants round two to do a little better oh that's a good question um i mean i think first of all like it was chaotic right like if you weren't a super of dgen maxi it probably was quite easy to not follow everything that was going along um like that's understandable like you know like from camelot's perspective obviously like we've been we've been uh, in the arena I hate to use that, but we've been in the governance arena um, since the beginning. So, like, I'm never going to say, you know, like, oh, Camelot was the, the 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 shining example of how you should do it, because like, that's going to be very different for other protocols, right? Like, not everybody's the same. Um, but I think, you know, like, 
yeah, it's unfortunate that some people didn't get in. I would just say, like, from a personal perspective, I think we'd probably be quite supportive of a budget expansion. I think, you know, the the problem you would have had, whether the budget was 50 million or 100 million or 25 million, is you'd still be in this position where everybody kind of asks um, proportionally, right? And everybody would have, would have always tried to hit that cap in the first round. Um, so, like, I, I don't think kind of the cap itself was too much of an issue. Um, but I think, yeah, like, you know, some protocols, I think, would definitely benefit from kind of having more of an ecosystem focus, whether that's, you know, on how they work with other protocols in the ecosystem or the ARB token itself. I think that's definitely something that I love to see, you know, people deliberately trying to find ways to drive value to to the ARB token. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, obviously it's different for everybody, but I'd say just having at least personally the thing that i really looked for was just that focus on the ecosystem um but but yeah i think you know like there's like i say there's definitely good and bad things about the framework in um in general um and obviously everybody's now trying to figure out what to do for round two so i would just say yeah like it's it's been a great opportunity now for everybody that does kind of want to get involved like i i definitely hope people aren't disheartened and I think it's a great opportunity because I think a lot of protocols that got turned away probably probably won't do anything now, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And then that's a great opportunity for people that, you know, maybe they weren't following along or, you know, maybe the first proposal was a bit vague or they, you know what I mean? Like for whatever reason, I think now is just a great time to to get involved and, you know, show your face. And, and like I say, governance, arbitrary governance uh, really wasn't sexy until like a week ago. So I don't blame anybody for not really caring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like also as well, like I, I'm supportive of other, like it's it's tricky because Camelot's a delegate, Camelot's the biggest protocol, but I think, you know, and you know, this is the problem when, when some people don't get it, it's very easy to, to, to say, you know, like, oh, there's a governance cartel or people are buying votes and, you know, maybe some people did, but that definitely wasn't our position. And we tried to be objective as possible and, you know, um, whether that's for other DEXs, competitors or whatever, like, you know, I, we definitely didn't, um, you know, look at it from that perspective. And, and, you know, I think if you, if you do kind of try and remove as much bias as possible, it objectively kind of went reasonably well, you know, like considering again, the timeline of it and everything, like there's always going to be people that lose out. But I think in general, everybody can agree that for the ecosystem, it's, it's a net positive at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the um, I, th I think there's probably a lot of lessons to be learned in this first one. I mean, look, it's it's the first you know huge grant proposal that's going out. They're distributing 50 million ARB, and there's definitely going to be some hiccups and issues that could be improved on for the next round. But I think it's I think it's really driven a lot of activity. Uh, both on the the protocol side to to think about like well, you know, the, there's this big wave of incentives that are coming. So even if I'm a protocol that didn't make it, I know that there's a ton of TVL that's coming. So maybe there's some other mechanisms and like in protocol incentives that I can design to try to tr attract users during this upcoming grant period. For sure, and I I think that's the the attitude you have to have on it right because you know it's quite easy for me especially as camelot you know being at the top of the list it's quite easy for me to be happy and um 
smiley now but you know the honest reality is we made the we made a direct proposal um back in june july mm -hmm. and that was pretty depressing you know because we tried our best to you know like ask delegates ask whoever at the time um there's no real process or or formula we, so we ended up just saying you know okay well if there's if, if there's nothing else we can go by then we're just going to make a proposal right like what what else can you do at that point um, and then we, you know, we, we, we went through the, a lot of pains that people are going through now where we didn't get any feedback until we actually made a proposal. Um, even then it was really hard to get like delegate engagement and all of this stuff. Um, and we got turned away. Right. So like, I, I imagine there are a lot of people probably, you know, feeling not so happy. I mean, that's natural, but you know, we also went through that to a similar extent. And, and like you say, I think Arbitrum's already the lead, the lead in L2 and you would rather the ecosystem be bullish even you know even if you didn't get incentives right now like you would rather there be more liquidity for you to work with right um so so yeah i think it's a, a net win for everybody and like i say there was definitely a there's a, definitely a lot of context that people who didn't follow the governance process probably weren't aware of which again like not blaming anybody it was it was painfully boring um and i made a long ass twitter post about it that definitely nobody's really read um <laughs> but like i say like you know this this all, this all comes out of necessity like camelot went to the dow there was no kind of structure no process so we just said fuck it we'll go to the dow um the dow said yeah cool great idea but we need a framework and then everybody spent a couple of weeks or a month saying okay uh who's gonna do a framework what does the framework look like um you know so it, it, like that was a weird situation to be in where it's like man we're dedicated to this ex ecosystem it's our life but now nobody knows what to do, who's going to unblock it, et cetera. So this went on for a couple of months whilst like the short-term framework was getting built. And then it kind of got to a point where, you know, people like GMX, the biggest protocols, they were also kind of thinking, you know what, like base is starting to get some traction. This whole Camelot stuff hasn't been great sentiment for the chain. Um, maybe we'll go, go directly to the DAO. And this was kind of, I think the biggest factor that a lot of people don't uh, appreciate is that, if GMX or whoever else large protocol went to the DAO directly, then no smaller protocol or no popular protocol would have a chance, right? Yeah. So that's why I think the, <clears throat> the short-term framework like, is actually a net win for everybody because without that, then there'd be no budget, there'd be no way to apply, um, et cetera. So yeah, that, that is infinitely better for, for smaller players, I think. Well, we just have a, another guest that joined, Winmoon. I, I wanted to come on and say, yeah, <laughs> boys, congratulations. My boy right here, I need. He, I'm, a, I'm annoyed I don't have a Milady PFP on here. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, these boys, first guys to get over 200 million votes. Number one to pass quorum. Number one at the end of the leaderboard. It, yo, it's, it's blessed, you know, it's blessed. We're feeling blessed, you know. You're making me feel like I should celebrate more. I'm, I'm still like, I'm still worried something's gonna go wrong next. Like, <laughs> I'm, think, I'm, I'm thinking, oh shit, there's a, there's a working group call on Tuesday. I better humble myself for that. <laughs> Did I, I, I feel you. It's like, yo, what, what? Who's gonna, who's gonna vote no next? But no, no, no. I think uh, nobody can hurt us now. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's, it's, it's good. You know, like it's. You know, and th and that's the thing that like, everybody talking about it now just wouldn't have happened if this, if this wasn't like the way it was. You know, like yeah. there's nobody gives a shit until there's value at play, right? Like 
protocols, delegates, everybody. Like, so it kind of is baptism of fire. Um, but so far it's working. So, <laughs> yeah, every step, every step that's been taken so far is what's got us here now. And, and I think nobody is more bullish on Arbisham's future, uh, than literally right now, you know? So I think every day is going to be better and better. And yeah, it, it's, it's awesome. So now that the timeline is done, what's the next steps for the distribution of the ARB and how soon do the incentives kick off? Yeah, good nice. question. So we all have to, well, yeah, everybody has to KYC, which is a bit of a question mark, obviously. Like there's a lot of Anon teams. Um, so that's kind of, that's, as far as I know, that's the only um, box to tick left where everyone has, every protocol has to KYC. I don't know to what extent. Mm -hmm. um, my full name is Sir Iron Boots, um, <laughs> resident of Court of Camelot. So I hope yeah. that I hope that ticks the KYC box. Uh, but no, I mean that's yeah, that's the only real like step left. So I mean, there's quite a few teams to do it for, but yeah, I would optimistically assume if if everything goes well, like by the end of October, I think early November. I think I think hopefully they will be able to move fast because they are using a third party service. Um, and what I do hope is that, like, essentially, as as every team gets their KYC done, the multi sig can send funds asynchronously, rather True. than you know, like one of these like twenty different protocols uh, taking the piss with KYC and 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 having to wait for them. But oh, so yeah, we we have to I, do a we have to do a, a framework to decide who goes first. <laughs> We Another need a framework. snapshot of the framework. We need a framework of the framework to decide <laughs> who gets the multi-sig funds first. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I think uh, now it's going to be um, it's going to be interesting how how teams respond to like everything that's happened. Um, especially, uh, obviously, there's a lot of teams and a lot of really good proposals that weren't able to make it right. Um, and I think already you're seeing um, some forum posts. At least I've seen one that is like basically asking for a increased budget for their second round, which I think is definitely needed, right? Because um, at least from speaking to all the delegates, they didn't even think that they would, we would reach a full commitment of 50 million. Mm. Uh, and now the entire budget has been used up in this first half of the round, right? So the second half of the round essentially has nothing. Um, so definitely, I think uh, we're going to need to see a increased budget being voted on 10 to 30 million, I think is the number floating around right now. And then hopefully, yeah, it's going to be a case where um, all these other protocols can kind of learn from what happened round one and uh, we can take that forward. But a lot of builders have been chatting about like ways to improve the entire process already. And I just hope that, you know, as we go from first round to the second round to the third round um, and, and even different frameworks or whatever, Everything will get better. Everything will get more efficient. Everything will get more streamlined. And, you know, delegates and builders will be able to, like, know what each other need uh, more and more, you know? I mean, I think that that's the biggest thing as well. Like, the, I feel like, yeah, Camel was very, um, not alone. That sounds a bit, like, sympathetic. But, like, when we went for the very first proposal a couple of months ago, like we went on this process of like, oh wait, who are the delegates? You know, like how do you even speak to the delegates? Like if you <laughs> want feedback, yeah. what do, what do you even do? And I think like that's kind of coming up. And then I think that's why we we went through this period of like scratching our heads, where we're like, man, this is 
uh, this is a mess. Whereas I think now the fact that everybody's ha like going through the same thing, mm -hmm. like that's enough for it to like actually like lead to some change. And and yeah, I think the the big thing as well is like the first round, the budget was also like a complete flip of a coin, right? It was like fifty mil, twenty five mil, seventy five mil. Like man, what what number sounds good? Whereas I think the the, the obvious the improved thing with the second round is you already kind of know roughly what you need. Right. Um, yeah. Like that, yeah. that's the better thing. Uh, so like just extending to kind of the, the, the number you already have, mm -hmm. like that already is like an improvement. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, seeing it from our perspective, I think you put it like from our perspective, I'm talking like as builders, um, you know, as you said, it was it was kind of difficult to even know who the delegates are, um, and you know what what do they do? Like who who is L two B right? And and what why do they care so much about governance or whatever? But then on mm. their side, also if you look the other way, I, I had basically the exact same feedback, right? Where they were like, wait a second, who is this protocol? Who <laughs> it like? And and that that's the truth, right? Because now I I still find it kind of I mean from a builder side, obviously. Um, the delegates don't know this, but from the builder side, it, it's kind of insane that um, hearing these delegates say that they thought that this 50 million wouldn't be used, right? To, to me and Einbutz, I'm sure to you, it, it, it was so obvious. As soon as you put the 50 million down, it's going to be all used. And, you know, it was no surprise to see 100 different proposals, 100 mm. million, uh, 125 million or whatever it was, total like ask. That, that was absolutely no surprise. But to a lot of these delegates, it was a total, like, left field. Um, and so now that, like, all the builders are closer together with other builders, now that the builders are closer together with the delegates, now that the delegates are closer to themselves, um, I think, yeah, communication and everything should be much more streamlined um, for, for, like, feedback into the next process. For sure. And I think that's the thing. Like, this is... Um one of the few times in my life where I, I, I feel bullish on DAOs um, because like even for all of the sins of this short-term framework, the, the, the most important things is that it's fully transparent. It's mostly on chain and it is completely public, you know, like that any other scenario where you had like an ecosystem fund, like some of these other chains or, you know, like, of course, I have many criticisms about like the vote concentration, because, yeah, at the end of the day, the top 10 delegates, you know, can decide pretty much everything that like, that's something that needs to be resolved somehow. But mm -hmm. like just from a high level of being like this was started purely from like grassroots up and it was a completely public process. I think that's a pretty big win for like DAOs in general, um, especially like I say, Arbitrum size, like the 4 billion treasury, you know, like everybody's saying, oh, you know, there's politics, but of course like, it's humans, right? And when you're $4 billion is involved, like they can't not be. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm actually kind of pleasantly surprised that uh, it has in the most part, like gone pretty well, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely mirror, like, I, I'm more bullish on this than ever. And I, another thing I'll say on that is uh, it's pretty surreal. Like, this, this stuff literally just finished yesterday. And so many conversations have already happened um, on, like, you know, the problems that you mentioned, right? How can we fix them? How can we fix the problem of voter concentration? Even within certain uh, concentrated delegates, they're already having uh, proposals or, like, other feedback 
to to decentralize further, right? So Treasure, for example, they hold a ton of art, right? They are one of the, they are the biggest delegate. I think twenty eight million um, delegated to them, and you know they're trying to create this sort of internal council and. Um, a lot of other uh, a lot of other delegates may be thinking the same thing, and you know also a lot of builders yesterday were chatting about like how can we prevent essentially I mean as we saw like in the last few hours there was such a PVP mode almost where um, you know you were trying to grasp at any votes that you could um, to make sure that you weren't uh, below the cutoff. And to try try and prevent that, we were thinking of ideas like um, vote decaying and other stuff like that. But all these things, like that's how a DAO is supposed to function, right? And like now, where everyone is kind of putting their brain power together, trying to fix all these problems that we know exist, you know? For sure, and and that's the thing, right? Like, there's when you look at other chains, like I don't think other chains have perfected this. Like it, it really, the grass really isn't greener, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's no DAO I can really look at that I'm like, oh yeah, that's perfect and working super well. Um, yeah. So I think kind of like the, the size and level of chaos <laughs> is actually the most redeeming factor because, yeah. you know, Arbitrum does have, like, I think the most like actual real protocols on any chain, um, and like that many kind of strong voices is what is what you need at this point, I think. Yeah. Well, very cool. Let's take a look at the cutoff vote, actually, <clears throat> because it, did, it really did come down to the wire. Uh, I think on Wednesday, or was it Tuesday? Tuesday or Wednesday, we had on the Dopex. Uh, we had on, uh, oh no, that was Wednesday. We had Winmoon and Oexitam on. Dopex was in the lead at 137 million at the point, and they now are in third with 196 uh camelite came out of nowhere because i think you guys were in like 115s it really pushed up uh, well camelot did the most chad thing of all which was they didn't vote themselves uh, <laughs> until the very very last second and then i was like wait where did they get this like eight million and i was like wow <laughs> they never voted for themselves this whole time that's so sad. <laughs> yeah well i mean the first time we did it everybody was like oh that's such a conflict of interest so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of like making a statement out of it, but <laughs> it was a big balls move, dude. I loved it. <laughs> uh, so I think the the interesting parts are, are right around the cutoff. So the first loser or that didn't make the cut was winner founder. But Actually, I, I will say that the I think correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, essentially all the excess that isn't spent in balance so will go to Hmm. a winner and then like so they won't get their full five hundred thousand. um oh they'll still get a lot they'll get about 450 there's only like yeah they'll get they'll get pretty much their entire thing so i would say that they're almost not really a loser you know that's actually you're right yeah that's cool uh so yeah personally glad of because i i think winner are I, th- I mean, yeah, they launched on Camelot, so I guess personally followed them for a while. But I think they're a good example of, like, coming to Arbitrum with none of these, like, political ties that a lot of people are now suddenly saying, right? Like, oh, the, the governance mafia. Like, I think they're a good example of just somebody that, that has built a cool product, tried to ship it on Arbitrum because it's they think it's the best place to be. Um, and, like, but still relatively small, humble team. Um 
So I think that's kind of a good example of like, you know, you can still kind of do that in a relatively short amount of time um, and, and get there. So, yeah. And the other thing I'll say about them is, um, and, and something that isn't like, I guess, thought about so much uh, when it comes to this sort of DAO governance. But as, as we did see on Arbitrum, there's the foundation grant and there's the DAO grant. Well, the stiff being the DAO grant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the problem was for them, as a gambling protocol, the foundation couldn't uh, like, um, you know, support that through a, a grant proposal, which makes total sense, obviously. But then they are able to come to the DAO um, and ask for that, and we are able to provide, which I think is, um, you know, another awesome thing about like the whole DAO process. And and to be honest, that that was one of our goals to a certain extent as well. Of like, it's natural that if you're a brand new protocol or a new protocol, like it's hard to get a grant, right? Like if you've only been live or a couple months or not even that long, like I think that was a large part of Camelot's proposal as well. That's like almost being a proxy for it, right? Um, yeah. Which, which, yeah, you know, like it's a shame the winner or whoever these guys can't can't get any other official support. Um, but yeah, at least they got in by the skin of their teeth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the next couples were uh, Woofy and then Gaines, notably, um, which I think will raise some political questions next time. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, not not going to say it specifically about gains, um, but yeah, I think you know the political part has come up a lot, and it's very easy to say you know the Dow Mafia or the governance Mafia, um, but I think you know it, regardless, like just be humble in defeat, you know. Um, like, yeah, and it's, I don't even you, think it's I don't even think it's defeat. Like if you look at the yeah, exactly, the it's, of it's just it's just another mm-hmm. step, like. Yeah, this was, look, there's going to be there's going to be no more rounds. There's going to be and like, as I said, like earlier, there already is discussion to actually increase the budget. So um, I'm sure that uh, Gaines will be able to, you know, be on this side of the of the the, the room um, as well. But the, the interesting thing was actually um, I, I don't know. how I think there was another pro- proposal that did a similar thing, but Gaines almost like on the last day, decided to um, like half or, or almost half their ask, right? From 7 million down to 4.5 million, mm-hmm. uh, which was a really, really interesting thing because it, it kind of shook up the entire um, landscape of how these voters vote. So like Griff being one of uh, the biggest delegates, I think he has 13 million, 12 million delegates to his name. He was, uh, at, he was initially voting against the proposal he liked gains, but the ask was just too big. And actually, then um, yeah, he flipped his vote to 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 vote in favor. But you know, like it's going to be interesting to see is is this actually like kosher, right? Is this was it possible? <laughs> I mean, I mean, not... ofi- officially, if if you go by the rule book, officially not. Um, because like also, if everybody did that, it <laughs> would really kind of fuck up the whole process, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And 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 that's the thing, like you know it. And this is why I, I think it's really important for any protocol that didn't get in the first round, like, um, don't spend time, like, complaining or, or or blaming somebody else. Like, now is the perfect opportunity to, to you know, like, be canvassing again, right? Like, mm-hmm. you can't just canvass on the day and then, 
you know disappear and because it's boring and then suddenly come back and try and get votes again like it, it i think that would probably be my biggest takeaway for a lot of people of like when camelot got turned away two months ago we didn't you know we were pissed off but we we still kind of you know stayed strong and just try to speak to as many delegates as possible and i think that's the message to all to anybody that did get turned away of like anything you say now is going to reflect in the next vote right so instead of kind of being negative and, and pessimistic about the entire framework just because you didn't get into it um just be a part of it you know and, and get involved and you're gonna have like 10 times more chance of of getting the support you want um i think that's the biggest takeaway and that's not at any really specific i'm just you know really personally not a fan of of the whole framework being blamed as as bad just because somebody didn't get in like i you know i'm the first to admit it's not perfect and i'm the first to admit it's easy for me to say that by being included, but you know, you win some and you don't, and you never get further by blaming somebody else. Yeah, and I think actually, you know, it, it, you know, those words don't mean uh, more from coming from anybody else uh, compared to you, because I mean, you've been on the winner side and you've been on the loser side of this, uh, uh, like. That's that's a pretty fun extreme. <laughs> yeah, like so. I, I think I think uh, coming from you, I think it, it it really does mean a lot, and I and I completely agree, right? And I and I will say this, right? Again, directed at no particular, uh, no one in particular, but I think it is again exactly as Andrew said. It's kind of easy to just start pointing fingers, and I think the best uh, thing to do is is. Um, just look at your proposal and take whatever feedback, even if it did come late. We know, like the the there were like problems with the way this was done, but uh, take that feedback on board and and the next round, which should be very soon, um, you know, you can actually uh, take that on board and actually make sure that you get uh, what you deserve. I guess you know. Yeah, and just to be clear, I mean, the teams that like all the teams here are really amazing builders i mean if you look at yeah. who's in the receiving end i mean these are really great teams up here uh that that are fully deserving of the arb and also a lot of teams that that almost made it uh, should probably be getting uh, arb incentives as well too you know it's just the way that the grant proposal was designed in this way i mean maybe there'll be changes in the next round uh, to allow for like a longer tail of emissions or proportion like some sort of proportional voting um so we'll see. I, I, there's a lot of lessons to be learned from this. Yeah, and I just I just uh, implore everyone that if you do have these sort of feedbacks, uh, it's best to voice them, right, rather than uh, keeping them inside because that's the only way that the dial process kind of changes, right? The discussion on the forum, the discussion through Twitter or whatever it really is, uh, a lot of people are putting their thoughts forward on the whole process, and that's the only way we're going to, um, you know, build better from this, you know? Yeah, I and <clears throat> I think there is a lot of take takeaways from here. Uh, obviously, uh, protocols like like Curve and then Lido uh, probably should be like doing a bit of introspection at the moment. I we talked with Wormhole yesterday. Obviously, we we know some of the uh, deficiencies that Curve was coming into this and how the the DAO was viewing them. Uh, notably, they they hadn't distributed the uh, the Arbon incentives that they received from the airdrop yet. Um, was one of the, the claims um, which Wormhole talked about in our interview. Um, but I think the lighter question is really going to be the, the bigger one over the next 
few months. Uh, it seems like a lot of people have like soured on uh, Lido in general, uh, unfortunately. And I don't know. I mean, I think that there's there's definitely going to have to be some rehabilitation of of their brand before they come back and uh, take part in the next incentive program. I, I, again, I think it's uh, I just want to say that I don't think that any of this just because Lido didn't pass doesn't mean that like Arbitrum hates Lido, you know, yeah. it, it just really means that the proposal uh, in its current form. And I think Ultra Beats basically puts it perfectly right. Um, I think they said something along the lines of there's nothing against Lido. It's just that um, I think a wider discussion needs to be had around a proposal like this. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, the, I think the proposal also didn't follow the frameworks perfectly, which was another thing mm -hmm. that uh, turned a few delegates off. But it is a kind of one of those things that, you know, this is Arbitrum, uh, you know, this is how the guys, how Arbitrum DAO does things, right? Arbitrum is putting that forward um, and uh, they need even the big proposal protocols, even the small protocols to kind of understand that and, 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 uh, play on, on those same rules. Right. Um, and I'm sure, uh, everyone will love to see more LST. I, I would love to see more LST, um, phi on Arbitrum. And so I think, uh, we'll definitely mm. see more on that. But what I will say is, you, you know, what you should do, you should get Seraphim on, um, Leviathan and, and have him like discuss what he thinks about this i mean i i would say as well like i don't definitely don't want to you know critique like specific proposal proposals like on there i think that's uh not the best look but i i think you know my first reaction to something like that um wasn't even lido itself it's just more so the proposal you know like like yeah. you said if you if you read a proposal on first glance and it doesn't stick to the framework, which just shows that somebody hasn't put that much effort into it. And they're also asking for a huge percentage. Um, and there isn't that much ecosystem focus. I would say regardless of, of who the protocol is, that probably isn't going to be too well received by delegates, you know. And I would say that probably played the, the primary factor rather than kind of the, the controversy um, itself. Yeah. I think I think the general sentiment looking through this some of the comments here we can we can read some of them. So uh, L2B obviously said uh market they brought up market share as the reason. Uh this OXF9 brought up uh said that the DAO should engage in a standalone proposal to bring native steth to Arbitrum. Uh Griff said uh let's be real. Can creative sentence right now. Uh Eric Walls said uh Lido investor treasury diversification round. LDO uh, and Michal.eth said, given the concerns around Lido's effect on Ethereum's neutrality, the existing liquidity and Lido's ability to incentivize itself, voting no. So it looks to me that there's like the, the market share issue is actually a, a bigger issue. And it's not, I think the, the it's it's not that people don't want Lido on Arbitrum, which I think they do. I think it's the, the question of uh, Lido's pretty much already reached a very mature size in their growth uh so you know incentivizing them any, even more to uh to grow further uh takes away from other projects which might need might need it more mm. I, I think that's the most important point right of like my perspective or the lens that i viewed this entire framework was how does it like drive value for the ecosystem right and mm -hmm. i think 
like following this specifically for LSDs, if Lido or whoever or if anybody in the LSD world um, really genuinely wants to drive value for Arbitrum, then in my opinion, like, okay, yeah, it's a slight setback to not get in round one, but it actually presents this really like good opportunity to have this conversation, right? Like, I think most of us would agree, you know, LSDs aren't going anywhere. They're going to play probably a, you know, increasingly more important role in DeFi. And as Arbitrum, you would want to play a significant role in that, right? So I think it opens up the conversation. And I personally would love to see these protocols, these LSD protocols, like drive that conversation, right? What I, what I wouldn't like to see is these very large protocols asking for a lot of money and then disappearing when it's not convenient to, for them as part mm -hmm. of the governance process. Um, because I think there is, you know, maybe you can even have a specific LSD program, same as gaming, right? Like you could probably start to split this up, but that's not going to happen unless they really drive it. Um, and I personally think that would be a great opportunity for um, these larger protocols to, you know, really show that they're, they're keen to drive value to, to Arbitrum. And I think that's why there was some natural bias towards native protocols, um, because that's just obviously already there, right? Like if you're a native protocol, um, like your commitment's kind of inherent, I guess. Yeah, and I, I think uh, what, what I ambassador said about like having a specific frameworks around uh, like specific um, things that DAO might want to incentivize like LSDs or like gaming or like NFTs or whatever, I think is a brilliant idea, right? Because that way the DAO can really understand where is it putting its money. I think the problem with the short-term incentive program, one issue is that, you know, you're putting this 50 million down, but at the end of the day, you don't really know who is it going to go and incentivize most right even when the people were voting for 50 million now we can see okay this much is going to perp dexes this much is going to whatever but i think we want like an even playing field and we also want to make sure that we like uh arbitrum doesn't fall into the trap of being only about perp dexes right um and 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 accidentally like incentivizing all of that so those kind of um those kind of separate proposals i, I think is an awesome idea I do hope that we kind of move forward on that. Uh, do you think it, so some of the, uh, I'm looking at the vote cutoff again. Um, there were a couple of games that I'm sure Treasure Dow would have loved to have passed, but just didn't really make the cut. Uh, notably like Tales of Illyria is here. Uh, Tales got 116 million votes, but, and was only looking for 50,000 uh, R, but, but still missed the cutoff. Uh, and I think there's a couple of other games here as well, too. So, you know, would a categorical separation of these protocols help to say, like, you know, yeah, where... Absolutely. Yeah, because then you can make sure that, you know, these guys, uh, like Treasure, as the biggest delegate, they do actually, uh, they are very focused on gaming, so they do care about all of these protocols. But I think it's also a a, a, a thing where... You have all of these different delegates and each one of them kind of has a different um, methodology for the way that they're voting, mm -hmm. right? And, and Treasure has different, not conflicting interests, but just different non-aligned interests because we are all like different parties, right? Treasure, Treasure wants to grow the gaming sphere while Coinflip might want to grow the, the DeFi sphere and someone like me, same. 
Um, and all of these different conflicting sides. But if you do kind of um, separate that, and, and actually that's an, another good point is actually, for me as a delegate, when I'm looking at these proposals, it's very easy for me to go, oh, um, you know, this perpdex has 7 million TVL. This is how much they're asking. That's a good number. That's a bad number. But when I start to look at like the gaming ones, it's much, much more difficult because then I'm looking at different types of metrics. TVL is no longer important. Volume is no mm. longer important, which are the things I know. And instead it's like users. And I'm like, okay, but how many users really is, is enough for me to give 1 million or, or half a million uh, to this protocol? So I'm, I'm kind of lost there. And they would be much more experts on, you know, making the right games push through um, and stuff like that. So just, uh, you know, separating them, I think is, again, a great idea and i do hope that um some of these gaming protocols as well uh do make it through because i do i do want arbitrum to kind of grow in all regards not just uh, the same thing over and over again you know yeah mm -hmm. i mean I've, i think that does come back again to like the necessity of the of how the the short-term frameworks built right like there was even some com uh like quick conversations of like should we add like you know categories like perp dexes in one category or you know even like stuff like that whilst this was being you know formulated it was just like the only way the the short-term framework would pass is if it was as bare bones as possible you know so yeah. I, I completely agree with like what women said where it's like yeah like you look at a game and you're like fuck how do i there's there's no tvl there's no volume like you you can't quantify it next to a dex or a perp dex right like it's just you can't you shouldn't compare apples and oranges absolutely yeah um, so yeah like that's kind of one yeah it's obviously a flaw of the short-term framework but um like kind of intentional also like you you can't have everything in that short-term framework and and like i said i'm trying not to be um too dramatic but i i genuinely think that like if there was any more complexity to the short-term framework it just wouldn't have passed or it would have taken months and that alternative is much worse than any of like the flaws we're seeing right now. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think L2 Beats puts puts it perfectly when I was chatting to them. They basically said that like, look, none of this was uh, perfect and none of it is meant to be perfect, right? This is the first time we're doing this. And uh, essentially, per um, you know, perfect is the enemy of good, right? And we just want uh, it, like the, the, the opportunity cost of nothing passing is much worse than the you know the the slight marginal decrease of getting this perfect but spending another year trying to get it perfect you know what i mean mm. and i mean this is the thing right like you just because you have the money in a treasury doesn't mean any like the the narrative is more valuable than the money itself right like if and i know i i don't know if maybe maybe i was personally um exaggerating it a bit because like camelot's proposal got turned down the first time but after that, when there was a period where base was like really blowing up, um, like there are periods like that in the market, right? Where you're like, man, it doesn't take much for narratives to change and for tides to change. And um, I don't think anybody should rest on their laurels and even Arbitrum, right? Like even with billions of TVL and all of the protocols, like I think that was like my, my biggest feeling of like, please don't just think you have six months, 10, 12 months to come up with a framework. Like you, you like, like, like when says like that opportunity cost is so much more 
than people imagine. And I think, you know, that's something that delega dele delegates don't appreciate. Um, but builders and people that really are on the gr in the trenches, in the arena, like you feel it, right? <laughs> like you feel it. Like, you know, if you see new protocols and you're like, fuck, why are they going to base, not Arbitrum or stuff like this? Like it, it has a real tangible effect that um, is Most much. Most users don't see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, like as a builder, you know, and like, especially like, we felt it as well of like when Camelot got turned away, like we had a lot of conversations with people where they were like, well, fuck, if Camelot gets turned away, then we've not got a chance. Oh, and you know, Optimism are also offering me a grant. And like these, these things, yeah, like are very behind the scenes, but they do have a genuine impact on where people build. And like at the end of the day, the, the only thing that matters is what apps you have on a chain, right? Like nobody bridges to Arbitrum just because Arbitrum has a nice logo. Like they bridge to Arbitrum, to play with G GMX and everything else, right? So, like, I think people kind of forget that sometimes. And when you feel the tide turning of, of where builders are going and deploying, like, that is a very scary thing. But I think the short-term framework has, like, really done wonders for Arbitrum's narrative. Um, it's just an easy narrative, right? Like, you're the biggest L2, you're strongest, you have all of the protocols you want. And now this is, like, the easy win to say that, you know, we're going to put some liquidity into the system. The DAO can move by itself. You know, it's not some, you know, dusty, bureaucratic, whatever. Like, that, that stuff can happen. And I think that the value of that you can't quantify. But I would personally say the value of the DAO making progress is much, much more than 50 million in incentives. Um, but maybe, maybe I'm just tarnished from from being involved with it for too long. <laughs> Yo, guys, clip that. That right there was a great quote. <laughs> Put it up on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I think we should probably wrap here. We're at the top of the hour. Yeah. Um, that was a great discussion. I really enjoyed it. Win Moon, thank you for coming on and, and uh, adding a bunch. No worries. Yeah, I just had to celebrate with with my man. <laughs> or, or Iron Boots here, yeah. yeah. Iron Boots, you really made the, the show today. Uh, Absolutely. Congratulations again. Thanks for letting me rant. <laughs> and, and Iron Boots is like having his like daily walk as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you can, you can hear that I'm outside. <laughs> yeah. My, my case is blown. <laughs> I was hoping it was a treadmill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Life well, life right. feels like a treadmill. <laughs> but yeah, appreciate you guys. Thank you. And uh, good to speak to you when. And yeah, cheers guys for having me on. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, and everybody else tuning in at home, thank you so much. Make sure to follow us on wherever you listen to Leviathan News, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, or even Apple Podcasts. And we'll be back next week where uh, we've wrapped up Arbitrum Week now. We'll be back with non-arbitrum news for next week we'll probably do a deep dive into the sbf case that's going on the trial uh and talk about some of the really interesting things that came out of the uh testimony of caroline ellison next week uh, but otherwise go ahead and touch grass like iron boots is right now enjoy the weekend thank you guys thank you all right bye